Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features the social media famous international muralist, Kipto. I knew this guy had a lot of Instagram followers. 265,000 to be exact, (laughs) and even more YouTube fans, over (laughs) 700,000, and a lot of experience under his belt. But what I did not know about Kipto is first, his hustle game is crazy strong. And second, how he got it all started traveling all over the world independently in his 20s, building his brand. He is a great example of an artist who took the time to get really good at what he does, then pitched himself and continues to keep pitching himself still today to customers in order to get the mural jobs that he wants with his unique style. This dude, he needs no further introduction, so let's just get to it. I know you're going to feel inspired by this week's episode with Kipto. So how did you get your start in this art world? You do some amazing giant murals, and I, I want to know how this came to be. Well, I mean, I've been an artist my whole life, and uh, I've always been drawing and creating and making videos growing up as a kid. And I went to uh, illustration school. I got my bachelor's in illustration, and I, I always wanted to know. I knew I always wanted to do something with art, but I n- never really knew exactly what that meant, you know? And then... After school, I was in touch with my one of my professors, and her brother was in charge of like the housing development in Providence, Rhode Island, for this town called Olneyville, which is like a kind of like a lower class, lower wage kind of town. And they were looking to spice up the neighborhood with some murals, and so they kind of hooked me up with them. And was, they were looking for a wall. I was looking for a wall to paint. So that's when I first realized like um, painting walls is not just about the art, it's about all the bureaucracy and everything that goes into like getting permission to get this wall and getting everything squared away, you know? It's not just about painting. And I realized that there's so much hoops you have to jump through and permission you had to get and stuff like that. And we were trying to get paint this wall like in the nice, in the center of town, there would have been a really badass wall, but we got permission for the wall, but not for like the parking lot underneath. There's like so many different people you got to get in touch with and we just couldn't get them to say yes for the lot so then we couldn't even paint that wall so then I had to go around town looking for my own wall because I still want to do this project and eventually I just I found one like around the corner from their office and it was perfect because it was like a youth center my drawing kind of lined up with that and I uh finally got the okay and we got all the scaffolding and I got all the materials that I thought that I needed and then I just started painting. We got all the scaffolding up there. And I just kind of like the same process that I still use today. I did like the big pole there, like a giant pencil and sketched out my work there on the wall and filled in the background and the big shapes with the buff. And then I started spray painting on top. And after seven days, I finished my first big mural and I was like absolutely hooked. And I was like, oh, this is like the the feeling that I've been looking for this whole time in my Going through school, I'm just trying to figure out what I actually want to do. And I finally found that feeling of something I can actually like sink my teeth into and realize that I can like really go balls to the wall and like do this for real. And um, I mean, that was just like the first step in a long, arduous, tough journey of trying to do it for real. But that was like the first step in knowing like what I wanted to do. How long ago was this? That was in 2013. 
Okay. And how big was the project? How big was the wall? Uh, it's probably like 30 feet by 30 feet. Okay. So your first one was 30 foot by 30 foot. Okay. So you've always painted big. Yeah. And your method, I was watching some videos on how you have that wall and stick and you have a roller basically on the, on the end of it to kind of do, do you chalk it in first or do you just do it like that? No, I, I like to use the roller as like a big pencil. And sometimes I'll have like a loose grid, like I'll cut the wall into quarters or something. Or I'll use like windows or doors or whatever, like as guidelines. I like to use my whole body and just like feel out the wall as I'm going. So I know kind of where things are at. I usually have like a pretty rendered sketch ready to go. And I'll just work off of that, like a printout. And I'll be like using a big roller on the end of the stick as like a giant pencil. And that way I can feel out where things are on the wall and get a sense of the scale as I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone as I'm painting the outlines, you know? Wow. Okay. I use a projector and I like map it all out because it's tough to see things when it's that big, but you just, yeah. you have a really long pencil and you do, I've, I've never heard of that. So I'm so intrigued. Yeah. It's just kind of like how I started and it's kind of just like how I kept going. I like it. It's like my I like using my whole body and just getting feel for the wall. I, I hate using projectors. I don't like trying to figure out how to set it up at nighttime and everything's dark and you can't see shit. And then like you got to find outlets and extension cords and get the thing up there. Like I tried it once and I was like, this is not for me. I'd rather just do it bright and early in the morning. And, and then like halfway through, I already got my sketch up there and then I can just keep going. I'm already in the zone. I can just keep filling in the background and then, it's just like my preferred method and it works for me. Yeah. How did you figure that out? Did you see someone doing it or were you just like, this seems like a good idea? Yeah, I think I was copying like Aries or something from Spain. Okay. He's like the mastermind. He's like the top dog. You know, I'm always trying to learn from those guys. So like uh, Aries and Etam crew from Poland, those guys were like big influences on me. I'm going to have to check them out. Okay. That sounds exhausting too, using your whole body. It's quite, I mean, muraling in general is a pretty big workout, but I think you're taking it to the next level and you do spray paint mostly. Yeah. Like I said, I'll do, I'll try and fill in like the big shapes with uh, like Home Depot exterior paint. And then, um, yeah, I'll go on top with the spray paint and add all the details. I like to call it like sculpting because you're basically like sculpting from the darks to the lights and I work from the dark tones and to the middle and then to like the final highlights at the ends where you add all the lights and usually I'll save white for the very last. What brand of spray paint are you using and is it oil-based or? These days I really like Cobra paint. There's so many different kinds. I did 94 for a long time but I kind of switched over to Cobra. I really like the color palette and the viscosity and the comes out really buttery. The last two big murals I did Cobra. It's really nice. How are you pricing these big mural projects? So when you get it and somebody's like, I have an, a 30 by 30 foot, how are you getting a price range on that? I'm not the best person to ask because I kind of fluctuate, but sometimes I'll do it by square foot, but that doesn't necessarily work all the time for me. Sometimes I'll just do it by project and by feel, kind of like what I've done in the past and kind of depending on the scale and scope and style of the project i'll kind of fluctuate up or down but i started charging super low like when i first started out just to get work under my belt and i was doing a lot of work for free and all my personal murals that i put up around town i would just paint for free and i'm just trying to get walls to make art and make videos and get my work out there 
and set like um i wanted to had had to have like a personality to my art and not just be painting for clients all the time and i wanted to have um enough of a voice where the right type of clients would come to me instead of trying to chase down other shit that i didn't want to paint so i kind of had a vision for what i wanted to do and from the beginning i tried really hard to stick to that and eventually the clients did start coming in you know whether they watched my youtube channel or they saw me on instagram or just saw my work on the street yeah i started really low and then i would do this thing where i would kind of figure out okay well like i did this garage for like four thousand dollars and there's like another project that is kind of similar in scope and size so i kind of tell the client like okay well last time i did a project like this it was 5500 but it was actually four thousand but like, I'll give you a deal because I like you and we'll do this for like, you know, 5,000 or whatever. So you're actually like trying to, you're actually telling them that they're getting a deal, but in the end, you're actually bumping up your price at the same time. So there's kind of like some different negotiating strategies you can work with. And, you know, then I started getting bigger and bigger projects to up to like, you know, 10 grand. And then I would, and then the big, big ones, I would have to like really apply for and work really hard to like win the bid there's like these you know big projects where these cities send out rfqs which is requests for qualifications and you send in your work and then they'll pick like a top three or top five finalists and then those people draw their concept art and then they have to pitch it to win the bid and like it's a whole process and that's what happened last october for my biggest budget mural ever did this big giant skate park in oklahoma and I'm like, you know, I have a lot of people who know me as like the mural guy. So sometimes they'll just send me these RFQs that they see. And that'll be kind of how I find out about these because people just send them to me. Be like, hey, you should apply to this. So, you know, I applied with my work in the initial RFQ and I got in the top five. And then I spent like a week drawing out my concept art for the skate park and worked really hard on the concept art because I knew like I really wanted to win this because the they actually set the budget themselves and it was like 40 something thousand dollars for this wall which is like the biggest budget i'd ever seen for a mural so i worked really hard to make sure that i won because i knew i really wanted this job got my concept art really fleshed out and um and then i did the zoom call with and like all the different artists were presenting back to back on one zoom call and like trying to pitch our work and, and try and like win the job and explain our experience and what the concept art means and um including all these different details that i had in there and um i nailed my presentation and a couple weeks later i got the call that i won the job and i went over to oklahoma a few months later and spent about 12 days painting this wall it was like 160 feet long by like 18 feet high and uh it was awesome it was a great time and the locals treated me super well and I got to do a bunch of cool stuff and I got to go on a plane ride where they took me up in a stunt plane and I went upside down and did a bunch of barrel rolls and loops and even pulled my own backflip in the in the plane and got to meet a bunch of cool skaters and get to meet some of the locals and they treated me super well and it's like one of my favorite things.
I love that. And I think this is a really good example for we have a lot of artists who watch who are just getting into the mural game and they're just kind of just starting to figure it out. But I think the process of applying and showing your work is not necessarily a beginner type thing. It's more of a once you have something to show for, you can, you know, then provide the backup for all of this. So I think it's just something inspiring for people to look forward to and just to see what's possible out there because a lot of artists don't even know like where to begin. So you're saying the cities would send these out and they would make like a Facebook post and people would send you the Facebook post. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much they have a whole packet, you know, in a PDF where they explain the project and they give you the wall and the dimensions and what they're looking for and stuff. And yeah, they'll share it on Facebook and social media and stuff. And people will send me the links and be like, Hey, you should apply to this. Nice. Okay. <laughs> And how many hours do you spend painting per day? Like, so you said you get out there early in the morning and then you stop at about what time? Usually I try and start around, you know, eight or nine. And then I'll go until it's dark. So whenever the sun sets, probably like seven or eight. So like 12 hours. And I imagine that you get a lot of requests for things that maybe aren't your style of art is that right and do you turn those down or because I know I get a lot of like pet forage people want me to do their pets or just all a bunch of different things do you take those on I mean as I get further into my career I definitely try and like hone in on projects that actually are a good fit instead of just taking anything I can get because in the beginning you're taking everything you can get because you're hungry and you need work and uh, you need money and but as you develop into a more mature artist with a bigger portfolio and like a more advanced career, you definitely start being a little more choosy with your projects because there's only so much time and energy in the day you can put towards things. And if I want to work on stuff that I want to work on and stuff that I like, and if I'm working on stuff that I hate, it's just like, why? It's not worth it. And I'd rather pick and choose jobs that I like that there's sometimes fewer and far between, but you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So before applying for these, what do you say, RFQs? Before applying to those, how were you getting work? So I'm thinking of like the artist who's in more of the beginner stages, like how to recommend to them, how, how would you recommend them to get work? And I can only speak from personal experience, but you know, what I was doing was just going around town and painting walls for free and then building up a strong portfolio of really, really, really good work. You know, you have to have good work and you have to be self-aware enough to know if your work is good enough to even get clients. You have to have one of my pet peeves is people who want to jump right into murals before the artwork is even good enough. The reason I won the bid for the big Oklahoma skate park mural was because my drawing was good. My drawing was so good, was way ahead of everyone else's because my drawing in the first place was good. And then the mural is just the executing part of it all. You have to have good art first, and then you can try and figure out how to paint walls afterwards. And just building a strong portfolio, and then you can be proactive. And I, when I was at home before I moved to California, I would have a brochure with my work on it and my information. I would go around town to every single business, knock on their door face-to-face -face and say, hey, I'm an artist in town, and I'm looking to uh, spice up your walls if you're looking for some personality in your space, like I'm your man and we can come up with a cool solution for you. And that was, I got like three or four walls just going around town, knocking on doors with a brochure saying, Hey, I remember there was one time I was even like in a, a beer store where a guy had like custom beer and he was, I was in line just waiting 
with my brochure in my hand waiting to give it to him, the, the guy in the, in the front. And then I did my little spiel. And then actually the guy in line behind me, he had like a six pack in his hand and he was in behind me and he heard my spiel and he was like, Hey, actually I have a restaurant that I'd like to have some work done in. Would you like to come over and check it out? So I got work just from the guy overhearing me behind me. So there's definitely ways that you can get out there and, and get yourself known. You just have to be proactive about it. And like, yeah, social media is a solution, but it's just so oversaturated. They Social media has become more about entertainment than about getting your work out there. So I feel like even just showing your face and knocking on doors is still a really great approach. So, Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's exactly how I got started here locally. It just You'd see a blank wall and I'd be like, Hi, I'm a local artist. Can we do this? Um, you mentioned you had a flyer. What did, what did you have on that flyer? Did you have photos or I'm trying to create yeah. a visual? Yeah, it was like I had my name at the top with a couple different photos of my work, whether it be canvases or walls on the front. And on the back, it was just like a spiel about who I am and like my information with my phone number, my email, my website, and my Instagram yeah, definitely a lot of photos so they can see your skills. Yeah, for sure. Have you had anything crazy, funny or anything, any kind of smural stories that have come up when you've, you know, did you spill things everywhere? Or any, any kind of crazy stories that you have, have happened while you were muraling? I could talk for three hours about stories I have. <laughs> you know? I, don't know, I can tell you a not so cool one that I had when I was in Peru. I was, remember I was working, I had done like a big South America tour in 2016, where I went all by myself and I was finding walls and meeting up with local artists and did like a whole travel series on my YouTube in South America. And I got really addicted to it. So I went back again and I I went to go see a girl I met in Colombia and we had a little, you know, vacation adventure. And then after that, I went to Peru, but I, I was getting a little cocky and I didn't really have any contacts like lined up for murals or walls or anything like that so I kind of just went, went in blind and it kind of cost me a little bit because I was like struggling to find anywhere to go to paint walls and I ended up painting little stupid things at the skate park and I was kind of getting frustrated and I was like well I did it all by myself at home I can do it all by myself here I barely spoke any Spanish but I was still knocking on every door I could find you know with the same kind of method just saying hey can I paint your wall with like a like a printout of the translation in Spanish so I could like memorize it before I walked in, you know? And uh, I was having no luck. And I ended up finding this spot, you know, I was going around town everywhere and I ended up finding this blank wall. And I was like, well, it doesn't seem like, you know, anyone's in here. I'm just going to paint it and see what happens. You know, I didn't even ask permission. And I went around town and it's like really hard to find the right kind of paint over there. And I was going from this corner of the city to get spray paint and then, all the way over to this corner of the city to get some buff to fill in the background and stuff. I got all my spray paint. I had my backpack with all my camera equipment and everything. And I was like in a clouded state of judgment. And I was really trying to rush and just get everything done myself, like a stupid gringo. And I was just like really struggling to just figure out what I needed to get. And I, we went all the way to this spot at the other end of the city called a, like a Maestro, which is like a Home Depot, so I can get a bucket paint of like orange paint to fill in the background and uh in like this clouded state of judgment and like i was just so gung-ho on painting that i couldn't think about anything else clearly and i was in the back of the taxi and we pull up to the store i had all my equipment in there and all the spray paint i just bought 
And he says, you know, you go into the store, you grab your paint. I'll wait for you outside and then we can go to the wall. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, sure. So I got out of the taxi and left all this stuff that I bought, all my camera equipment, my backpack, everything in the taxi like a dumbass. And then I went to the store and sure enough, by the time I got back out, he was like long gone. So I was just standing there outside in the middle of Peru with a bucket of paint and nothing else. Feeling like oh. a dumbass. And I was oh like, my gosh. what an idiot. So I had to <laughs> learn some stuff the hard way. I still ended up painting a wall. I met up with another guy and he like took me to a spot and we... I still painted after that, but then I went home and I was like, I'm either recuperate a little bit after this stupid incident, but I might've cried. I would have done the same thing. Cause I'm such a, like a trusting, I'm from Missouri. So I like everybody here just waves at each other. Everybody's super nice. And like, I leave stuff everywhere. And so I would have, I would have done the exact same thing. I'd be, oh, yeah. thank you. And come back out. Like, <laughs> dang <Yeah>. it. <laughs> my passport was still in my room. So at least I could go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were, how long were you down in Peru? It was like a week or so. I spent like six weeks in South America before that, just traveling around. I went to Bogota, Buenos Aires and Rio de Janeiro. I was painting like two or three walls in each place, meeting up with local artists and traveling and having the time of my life. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah. I can relate kind of anytime we travel to like Thailand or Iceland or whatever, I'll go around and I'll knock out some doors and like, Hey, anybody want a mural? I'll do the kind of the same thing. Is that how you did it? Do you, were you, were you making connections while you were there and like teaming up with other artists or were you like mostly knocking on doors? No, when I was traveling, just meet up with locals and they would just show me around. Like they would bring me to all the spots. Each time I went to a new place, I made a connection for the next place I was going to. So kind of like snowballed and just kind of started meeting a bunch of really awesome people. That's awesome. What year did you do this? It's 2016. Man. (laughs) There's a video of every single wall that I did on my YouTube channel. If you go down in a whole travel series of all this stuff. So everything I'm talking about is on YouTube. Okay. Okay. So everybody go check it out on YouTube. You want to see some visuals. Um, Is that how you got your, your YouTube and social media stuff growing is through this traveling fun time? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I started really taking it serious when I moved to LA and I did a bunch of murals in LA, like personal ones for free that I would flex and do my personal murals. And I was like really gung-ho about just traveling and becoming international and painting outside of the US. And I don't know why, but I just chose South America and I started to really take my YouTube even more seriously. And I didn't have barely any subscribers back then. I would get, I would make all these travel videos and I'd come home and get like 300 views or something. But I was just so confident and so clear about what I wanted. I just made the videos like I already had thousands and thousands of views, even though I nobody was really watching and knew who I was. But it just kind of like um, took it in a direction that I knew I wanted to go and uh, kept going. And now those videos are like, they got tons and you know hundreds of thousands of views on those just because I've been up for a while and I created a name for myself after that. So yeah, I think that comes from too, like knowing you have quality and you know leading with quality. I think it makes it a little bit easier to go out and pitch yourself when you know you have a good product. Which goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, like you know practice your craft, <laughs> your videos. I was looking through your Instagram reels. Do you edit those yourself? Do you do all that? Yeah, I do everything well, myself. Editing is a process. It takes a while. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I spend more time editing than I do making art. 
Yeah, I believe it. Man. Okay. Dig. That's just such a cool thing. Okay. Where all have you gone? Where all have you created murals? So a lot of, a lot of South America, but like the different countries. Yeah. I did Bogota, Buenos Aires, Rio de Janeiro, Peru, Medellin. And then in 2018, I went to Europe. So I did uh, Grenoble, France, Paris, France, Madrid, Spain, Barcelona, Spain, I went to Berlin, Germany, and I went to Finland, and I went to London, and then I went to Lebanon. And then after that, I went to Mexico as well. Since then, I've also been doing a bunch of big walls around the U.S. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're, you're a lot of artists who will listen to this are going to be like, you're living the dream. Like, that is the, that is the thing. But I just want to commend you on your hustle. Like just going out there, like meeting other artists, knocking on doors and do, you made it happen for yourself. And I think a lot of artists, they, you know, we kind of hope and wish, and then you're like, maybe someone's going to ask me to do a mural in Mexico one day, but no, it's getting out there and making those connections. And I know as well, like when you're over there, it's a lot easier to get something done when you're over there in person rather as sending like a pitch through an email. Have you ever done that? Have you ever pitched before you've gotten there? I mean, mostly when I'm traveling, it was for the experience. I'm not like getting yeah. paid for these uh, big while I'm traveling all over the world. Like I'm doing it because I loved it and I was making videos and sometimes I would like make money from the videos and stuff. But I was doing it because I was young and hungry and wanted to just do what I wanted to do. And I didn't really give a shit about whether I was getting paid or not. And then like, sometimes I'll have a huge commission mural that will pay for all that other stuff that I was doing for free. So it kind of like balances out and you got to pick your battles. But as I get older, I'm 30 now. So I did all that stuff when I was 25 to 30. So I was young and free and wild and just didn't care. But now I'm a little more of an adult. So I have to be a little more strategic about the things that I do. And I'm trying to figure out how to make more money. And I'm trying to be a little smarter with my approach instead of just going buck wild and free. It's all like a growth period. And you're always kind of readjusting and reevaluating. And um, I'm like super thankful for everything that I've done and every all the adventures I've been on. I have like stories for days and days and days about all the cool things I've done. But now I'm in maybe I'm in a different point in my life where I have to figure out how to uh, be a little more strategic and smart about the things that I do. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And but I feel like what you did, even though you were going buck wild and you're doing fun things, it's a you built your brand, and that's worth so much. And you had fun while while you were building your brand. So I imagine it's it's just all of those things that make it easier to now apply for big murals. And, you know, it just, your, your name is a bit more out there. So it just makes it easier nowadays. But yeah. And like I said, you can, I was like building a huge portfolio for myself and a huge body of work and also like building up my YouTube channel. And that all kind of trickles into, like you said, like a, building a brand and building a name for yourself getting people like aware of who you are and what you do and people see stuff or they see opportunities. Like I said, they'll sometimes people will just send me stuff because they know good at what I do and they'll know that I'll do a good job and I'll apply for it and do my best and win these big gigs. Like last year I had a bunch of gigs that I, I still have to apply for. They're not like just handing me work, you know, I still have to apply and work hard, but I'm, built up a big enough portfolio and I've mastered my craft enough where I know that I can probably win these gigs because I know that I can do it. So also yeah. about like believing in yourself and knowing what you're capable of and 
putting your all into everything. So Yeah, definitely. And I think too, this just helps to, you know, put it into perspective for artists who, you know, they, they look at artists like you who have hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers and followers and all of the things, because you've spent the last almost 10 years acquiring those and, you know, making quality things and but they a lot of people will look at that and be like oh they've got it easy now you know but no you still have to try and you still have to do those things and I totally understand with the whole responsibilities thing here recently because I you know I spent a lot of time traveling doing murals as well and now I just it's kind of nice to sleep in your own bed at night too <laughs> and do and like work from home man like do some yeah. you know, some local stuff so you got a baby on the way right yeah, I do it in November. Yeah, do you have kids married or No, I'm uh, no, just me. Yeah, yeah, still just doing the adult thing still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just it's funny how things change from your early 20s to your early 30s. Right, so I yeah. totally get it. <laughs> yep. So I get that's only all I had today. I have any last information or any last bits of advice for aspiring artists who are just starting out? We are welcome to that and or any last little bits of stories <laughs> that you have. But yeah, that's all I had for today. Thanks. I'll just regurgitate something that my mom yeah. likes to tell me where she's kind of says something along the lines of just be you and be the best version of you because everyone else is already taken and no one else has what you have to offer. So just don't be afraid to be the best version of you and put your full self out there because, you know, people will respond to the real you. And when you're authentic and true to your own voice and your passions, then it really shines through with the people watching and the people listening. And people are passionate about passionate people. And passion always shines through no matter what. And people are magnetized to that. So just find out what you're really passionate about and make sure you're putting your own voice into it because no one else can do it like you. Yeah, you're definitely taking those words to heart. I can tell through your style. You have a very, very unique style and you're you're doing it. And a lot of artists, you know, not many artists have the same style that you have specifically and you're leading with that. And I, so I think that's a great example for what she's meaning and what you're doing for other artists coming in. But yeah, so I, we could do a whole podcast episode over everything that you just said. <laughs> so just, oh, yeah. just the value of being unique. But yeah, thank you again so much for coming on. It's great to connect with you. And yeah, thank you so much. Andrew. Yeah, keep in touch on Instagram and we'll talk to art later. Ciao. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. And if you like hearing interviews just like this in your ear, if they inspire you, then I want to encourage you to go download the audible version of my new book, Mural Money. It's a condensed version of basically all of the best of the best tips given here on the podcast from guests, plus my own words of wisdom to help you get started in any art industry, plus stories of some hard lessons learned that I have never told before. You can pick up a copy at muralmoney.com. And again, I highly recommend the Audible version. I put a lot of tender love and care to make sure the Audible was extra special. It had some extra goodness in there. And it's really for any artist, but especially those wanting to make a profit from a paintbrush. Muralmoney.com. That's it. I'll see you next week.